So you know what you were talking about last week with that book that we were sent? What bird did that? That fabulous book, yeah. The very one. So I go out yesterday morning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's all iced up yeah. on the windscreen. And among the ice was, you know, a couple of bird identification deposits. Okay. we might call them. Did you identify them? Uh, well, I can tell you what they were. They were, they were little... <laughs> because here's what happened. I scraped the ice off and scraped them off with it. <laughs> and, when, and when it got in the car, I realised I'd scratched my windscreen. Really? Yeah, there was something in the deposit. Oh, no. That, that <laughs> tiny thing had made tiny scratch. I mean, what are they eating? Diamonds? For <laughs> yeah, heaven's clearly. sake. <laughs> so, you know, I've uh, written to the RSPB and uh, resigned my membership. And <laughs> Revoked your membership. <laughs> from now on, any bird flying over my car, I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> Good balanced policy. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 230 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name is Nick Page, and there is Joe Davis. Hello. Great to see Hello. you, buddy. <laughs> we are laughing instead of crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, look, we won't bore you uh, yeah. with stuff, really, because everybody's got their own problems. But uh, life's not easy at the moment, is it? No. Well, you're... Moving or not moving or trying to move or being homeless or something. And I'm just busy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we'll be sofa surfing soon. Uh, <laughs> seriously, we'll be sofa I mean, I'm too old to sofa surf. Yeah. I'm too old. But the point is, listeners, if you can give home to an old author, <laughs> he's going to be out in the streets. <laughs> yeah. I will be. I'll be down in the square, down in the square with my bottle of white lightning. <laughs> Shouting about the, the the lizard people. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, yeah. we should start by saying it's a pretty heavy, heavy kind of week, isn't it? It is heavy, and you can't really ignore the news that's coming through uh, from Turkey and Syria, and and that's hard. You know, I mean, I find it hard processing one death. So I, I think the death toll when I last looked was up to eleven thousand, and by the time this goes out. I no doubt it's going to be a lot more than that. So, yeah, it's there's heaviness in the air at the moment, isn't there? And uh, maybe we'll reflect a bit on that later. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, we've been quite involved at work. Um, a lot of uh, churches in that region actually have already mm. suffered enormously. Yeah. And, um, and, and now it's even worse. So, yeah. It's just uh, sometimes the world is even more fallen than you expect, isn't it, really? Yes, indeed. Yeah, that is true. So there we are. We've acknowledged it and uh, we won't move on, but we will probably park that to one side as we go through the rest of the show. Uh, and then we will come back to it at the end of the show, I think. So uh, how are you apart from, you know, just feeling overwhelmed? Yeah, just kind of the whole death thing. I mean, we talk about it a lot, of course we do, partly because it's such a part of life and partly because it's my job and my job is busy and heavy at the moment. So I think that's probably all I need to say about it. But yeah, I'm very much counting down the days to go and see my brother 
in March, who is not very well at all, it has to be said. So that's also slight heaviness in life. <laughs> hmm. But at least he lives somewhere lovely, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be one of those seasons, isn't it? Really? I it got a like... feeling it might be, yeah. So there we go. How are you, mate? I mean, I think I know, but <laughs> how are you? Well, look, here's the thing. You know, um, Richard Raw yeah. says, God comes to you disguised as your life. Yes, he does. I love that part. Jean-Paul Sartre yeah. said, hell is other people. Oh. <laughs> Turns out both of them were right. <laughs> I need to think about that. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I mean, it's it's unbelievably stressful, I have yeah. to say, the whole moving thing. Yeah. And uh, you're dealing with people and people have all their mixed motives. And it's very hard to work out what is the wise and Christian way through, mm. um, you know. And, and yeah, it's, it's just, I don't think I've ever known a, a time like it. But, you know, mm. you have to kind of look at it and go, well, hang on. We've got somewhere to live. We are not out on the streets. Exactly. No, you're of, not. Uh, Antalya and um, Turkey. We're not. Yeah. You know, we're not yeah. refugees. You know, so you you do have to do that. It's the bigger perspective, but does that? I don't know that that actually helps. Whether it just layers a bit more guilt on, I don't know. But yeah. Well, I don't think. I think it's just a conscious effort to do that. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. right. I mean, the fact is, you yeah. still. You know, uh, you still lie awake at night thinking of everything you've got to do, and you still yeah. have to engage with, with, um, with uh, Virgin Media, and uh, <laughs> you know, understand why they're still charging an enormous amount to say goodbye. That's an interesting <laughs> concept from them, and all that kind of stuff. And and you have to, you have to try and see the person all the time. It's just really quite wearing. Yeah. You know, actually, anger is easier. Uh, it's it's much easier. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. And and I think you know, for myself in life, I think I am digging deep into doing what I know to do at this season. So starting the day on the pier that means for me, and and uh, you know, getting up early, not drinking, not overeating, not doing all the things that it would be easy to, and just snapping and getting angry you know because I feel like there's less margin in my life than I want at the moment I like a life where there's margin you know there's there's time bit of time to spare there's time for things mm. to there's time for things to go wrong because things always do go wrong but right now I feel like if the car broke down or the the printer died or the computer you know I would I would properly go into one I think <laughs> and I don't want to because <laughs> those things do I happen in life <laughs> I mean, it is the reality, and and often we've talked about it. How you know that that uh, your your life and your work and all these events are the furnace of spiritual formation. This are, mm. this is where it all gets worked out. It doesn't actually get worked out so much in in in, mm. in the relaxed times. This is where it really um, you know hits home. Yeah. So in that sense, I think choosing my theme at the beginning of the year has actually been a help because I have it's at least given me this kind of constant thing there. You know the. So remind remind us of your theme again. Well, I was t the year of wisdomness. Yes, is my thing. Obviously, it's not the new year. We know that now because that's not till March twenty fifth. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so am I enormously to to our New Year's celebration. But um, you know, our pre pre New Year, mm. you know, secular New Year. <laughs> yeah, well, they know. Yeah. Um, 
I think it, there is that thing about well, how do I react wisely here, and and I think how do I react honestly and authentically, as well. That's the thing I'm trying to think. You know, so that you, because otherwise you're, you, there's no point pretending everything's okay. Yeah. I don't think in this situation no. you've got to express, in in our case, your your <laughs> yeah. deep frustration with it. Yes. That no nobody does anything. I mean, you know, removal people at least they do the lifting. Yes, exactly. You know, at least. <laughs> At least you could see them lift things up. They do the other lot. What are they doing? What are they doing <laughs> for all that money? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, and centre down and calm. But what's great about you is that at least you are reflecting you're looking back and you're taking the time to ask those questions. How do I want to react? How do I act with wisdomness? And I I think that's a massive sort of step forward, really. That you can you can do that is to your credit, mate. Really. Well, I mean. Okay, let's be brutally honest. I'm doing it here on this podcast. All <laughs> yeah. oh, right. There have been moments when I haven't necessarily done it. So well. I think I have actually. I think I think generally I have been yeah. uh, calmer than I should be. But I. But at the same time, that's calmer with other people. That's not calmer within myself. You know, yeah. I'm just stressed up to the gills about it. That being that non-reactive presence is so hard sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and and it actually, I'm not sure that that actually that's always the best way you know actually mm. sometimes it's about being a reactive present but, but presence but being a reactive in in an in an appropriate way i think you know right uh yeah. okay. so you know punching people no i don't mean <laughs> that but, you know uh, anyway anyway my life is a sea of cardboard boxes I'm, and as if that wasn't bad enough it's not going great in denmark with listener figures i have to say they have plummeted down where you know i don't know where we are 134 or something like that it's horrible i think i think you know when you when you are ranked 89th in a very small category in a in a nation the the only way is down for us <laughs> Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, not not good news from from Denmark either. Anyway, so let's let's move on, shall we? Yes. We might as well do some feedback. We might as well. Let's let's get straight on with it. Okay. So um, Andrew says this. He, he says, uh, "Hi, Joe Nick. Has been flattened by COVID this week. Sorry to hear that, Andrew. I hope you're feeling a bit better now." He says, "So I've been listening to some past episodes of the podcast. Occasionally waking up from a different one to the one I thought I was listening to. Yes, thank you. We do have that gift of sending people to sleep. Listen, I occasionally wake up in a different one to the one I was talking in, let alone <laughs> anything else." That's true. <laughs> He says, but then a couple of days on from listening to one such episode, I noticed this morning's headline and thought this is such good news. Everyone must be really thrilled for them. Nick and Joe wouldn't want to miss this fantastic news. Well, you could almost call it gospel. And uh, he sent me a link to Shell's profits for the year, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> hit record break. And I think even he said, isn't it good to know that someone is doing really well? It warms the cockle of my heart, even whilst the rest of me freezes, lest I need to take out a mortgage for the heating bill. Yes, it warms my heart as well. And also more good news. Yesterday, BP announced their record breaking profits. They've doubled their profits in a year, which is fabulous news for all those poor shareholders of theirs um, mm, so mm. rejoice well done well done yeah well done that's lovely i think i'm going to be a reactive presence after that by making these gestures <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was lovely and and nick was just demonstrating the sign of peace to all of them oh yes yes it a liturgical gesture that was very moving and <laughs> goodwill <Thank you. laughs> Okay. Uh, well, as ever, we had a lovely uh, email in from our friend Debbie from the States. 
And she was just picking up on that comment we made the other week, which I think you expressed very carefully uh, about the, the oppressed always end up having to be patient. Uh, and and she said she, she agreed with that. And she's even said that before. But she says in the US, she says that comment is made by white Americans to black Americans. Mm. And I say to friends, well, how long do you want the oppressed to be patient? As awful as it is, it usually takes something happening to someone in power for things to change. She says, for a small example, I got hit in my car at an intersection where at least 10 other cars have been hit because there's no left turn light. High schoolers trying to turn left from school often hit those of us going straight on. So do you know when my town finally put in a left turn light? when a city council member got hit there. In like manner, it has taken the black community finally saying, that's it, no more waiting for you all to get your heads on straight and grow a heart. We're going to hit those in power to cause change. Not saying destruction is good as much as saying the oppressed need something in addition to that patience. Mm. And I, th- I think you were saying that last, night, last week, actually. Uh, but she says, on a lighter note, perfection is definitely boring. I enjoy the intros immensely. I also so appreciate your podcast. And we appreciate you too, Debbie. And, yeah, uh, it's nice to hear from you. Yeah, and you did quite a good intro today, by the way. Well done. I know. If I'd known that Debbie was appreciating the <laughs> inadequate ones, I'd have, I'd have not paid so much attention to it yeah i think it's it's a, it's obviously a right point and a, and a correct point and and i think depending on on you know it's, it's easily misinterpreted that yeah that phrase um I, I i did think hard about it i wasn't trying to say it was a good thing i was just saying no. that it seems to me historically a reality yeah you know that that's that's what has to happen and the struggle is always long because it's against so many heavily entrenched interests um yeah. that that will oppose it. So, um, you know, that is the unfortunate reality of it all, yeah. with all progressive change, that it always takes yeah. way too long. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, sometimes we get levelled at our show as well, that it's very white and male. And, and then that is because we are both white. We're both middle class male men of a certain age. And and I think, well, you know, I, I don't know whether people want us to invite you know someone else to co-host it so that it was balanced like the BBC would do but I think well we are two friends trying to do life but what I want to do as a white middle class male man is I I want to be a champion for women where there's injustice and non-whites and people of different sexuality to me and 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 I hope that people I know and others preferably lovingly will point out my unconscious biases that I have obviously as a white middle class man so so that we can live as Jesus advocated, as brothers and sisters united, you know, in the divine. So I think, you know, you can't do much about who you are, but what you can do is say, yeah, I'm I'm in a privileged group. And what I need to make sure is I'm the kind of person who's like Jesus, who is listening to the voice of the oppressed and using their power, their own power on their behalf. Yeah, and I think what I'd also like to say, and what what I need to think about a lot more, I suppose I have been thinking about it a lot in the past, but is the idea of patience itself. Um, Revolutionary patience was one of the key uh, powers or strengths of the early church, one of the things that made them be noticed. And I think the trouble is we we look on patience um, as though it's powerlessness. Mm. And I don't know if it is all the time. I think it can be incredibly powerful. Um, and I think actually the problem, that the, one of the issues is the modern Western church has no idea really about patience. Mm. 
because we've always been in power. So the power never have the powerful never have to be patient about anything. You know. So the, the problem is that seeps into all manner of our life. It it makes us mm. believe that spirituality can be de- delivered overnight, like an Amazon package, mm. or that you know if there's one there's there's one tiny thing that will revolutionise your prayer life and yeah. change you into a mighty prayer warrior. Yeah. Actually, I don't think that's true. I think I think patience viewed. Um, properly is a different form of power and it's a different form of strength and and it's demonstrated by jesus Mm. who in the face of suffering was was patient and um you know was handed over and and and, and, you know i think that it's a great book uh vanston wh vanston which i've mentioned before the statue of yes you have it's amazing yeah. yeah 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 and um well which is not to say that things don't need to change you know that's the thing I'm not saying that everything should be the same and you just keep it, but patience has a power to it, I think. Well, a, a thought has just come to me and it might be very random and wrong, but that patience and forgiveness, maybe that they go hand in hand. You know, we've often said that forgiveness is not something you do for the sake of the other person. It's something mm. you do to set yourself free. And I wonder if patience is the same. That actually maybe maybe growing in patience, like growing in being able to forgive, actually is 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 what's best for you, uh, rather than rather than impatience. Um, and I and, and I've got a feeling patience and forgiveness are sort of somehow connected, but I need to think about that a bit more. Yeah, certainly it is. It is about um, you know non-violent mm. uh, resistance, for example. Mm. And and forgiveness and these things that Jesus demonstrated mm. are different forms of power because they're saying, actually, you don't have power over me. You can't make me do what you want me to do. Yeah. I'm going to take the power back by refusing to strike out, you know, by refusing to take refuge in the same kind of liturgical gestures that I just made. <laughs> those kinds of things. <laughs> you know, anyway, it, there's a lot to think about there, I think. But sure. I take the point. I'm, you know, we have to be very careful with the use of language there. Yeah, sure. OK, well, shall we move on? Mm. Uh, very importantly, Claire wrote in, lovely Claire wrote in with a, a, a new song that the church had made us sing. And it was called Oh Church <laughs> Arise and Put Your Armour On. And uh, that made her snigger. She also said also contained the line and with the sword that makes the wounded whole. Well, I think she was saying, was she saying that, A, you'd have to be, uh, what size is the armour if the church is going to rise up and put it on? That is yeah. quite big. Yeah. And and the sword that makes the wounded whole, well, it's all about how you pronounce whole, isn't it? It is. If you make the wounded whole, you've basically stabbed somebody. Yeah. As opposed to, as opposed to whole. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. And Phil wrote in, he said, uh, he said, just said, here are a few brief thoughts on what we do, or rather I believe. What do I believe? Okay, he says, at heart, I think it's very simple. A Christian is simply someone who seeks to follow Christ and become more Christ-like. Remember, of course, that the term was never used by Jesus himself. He says, as far as I'm aware, those who followed Jesus in his lifetime, including the apostles, had a pretty shaky understanding of who he was and what he had come to do and would have struggled to articulate what is now considered orthodox doctrine about the Trinity, Jesus's divinity and the virgin birth. He said, to put it bluntly, my understanding is that the early believers would have made pretty poor Christians by today's doctrinal standards <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> That's a very good point, Bill. He says, but having said all this, and despite my mid-faith struggles, I am still pretty orthodox in much, though not all, of my Christian faith. It's not that I think God would have me or anyone else drummed out of the brownies for not subscribing to the 39 articles of faith or some complete set of infallible doctrinal statements, but I do feel 
that for me, and I can only speak for me, my faith would be impoverished were I to lose some of these orthodox conceptions of Jesus and God and the divine's purposes. He says there's a whole lot uh, I might say to try and expand upon and clarify what I mean by that. But that is perhaps for another time with all best wishes, Phil. Well, this is this is true, of course. I mean, you know, when all those people became um, followers of Jesus in, 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 in Acts in the early days of the church, yeah. they didn't really understand who he was and what he'd done. And, you know, there wasn't even a pamphlet with the with the three spiritual laws, let alone the four or five. Or pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing. Um, yeah, very good. And I, I, I really chime with that. Yeah, I think, um, I think for me, the orthodox conceptions have a richness that I'm only now really beginning to explore, if I'm honest. Mm. But uh, I think it's always good to go back to the early days, I think, as well, and see. It's just a refresher. Really. Well, that links very nicely into James's email, who wrote in and said, Hi, Joe and Nick. I think I go along with much of what John emailed in. Now, that John's, John's email was basically what we spent a lot of time discussing last week about who God is, who Jesus is, what the divine is. Is it a force? Is it not a force? All that sort of stuff. You remember. He says, I want to know what your thoughts are about this, please. He says, both of you are brought up or got to a point in your life of following the Christ way. Even with changed beliefs over the years, you still, particularly Nick, still has that at the key point of your faith. So, for example, he says, person A isn't brought up like you or me in the Christian tradition. They are brought up in Iran, so have no knowledge of Jesus Christ or the Christian tradition. They are aware of teachings, beliefs in their religious tradition i.e. caring for others morals etc etc i was brought up to be told that they need to convert to christianity over the years i now think we are all the same but in a different culture why should we convert them to a belief system which is based in western society so jesus being the main thing he was hugely influential but then so were other people in other religions and cultures but I do operate on the theology of I don't really know these days. So uh, he said some thoughts. What do you think? That's a good question. He's really asking about other faiths, isn't he, and their role. And, and to what extent is Jesus more important to people outside of our own Christian community than their key figures are to people outside of their faiths? Yes, I mean, it is a question we've we've talked about before because oh. it's that classic thing about what happens you know what happens to the person who never hears yeah the good news and and is it really fair that somebody in a in a in a valley in what does he say iran or somewhere like that you know is entirely dependent on you know a visiting missionary having a good day yes. as to whether they're eternally saved or not yes you know, exactly yeah which cannot possibly be the case no of course not um I think there's one tiny thing in there I'd, I'd want to sort of address straight away, which ties in with the previous point, is that I think this idea of Christianity as a Western faith is yes. is problematical yeah. and wrong. I mean, it's it's become it's become a Western, yes, exactly. But it's actually an Eastern faith. Yeah, you know, it started in Syria, for heaven's sake. You know, I mean, in the yeah. Roman province of Syria. So it, it, the Romans saw it as an Eastern faith. They saw it as a very suspicious sort of, yeah. you know, Eastern kind of hippie hippiedom and um and so i think we've we've lost that because we 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 only can see it through the lens of our own culture but didn't it change to a, a western faith you know sort of round about the fourth century isn't that when the the big shift i mean if you like it got 
it got synchronized into western culture and values and that's perhaps where the grot started and then it was continued through empire and western empire and the church's relationship well i think this is the case where we you know we had stuart on talking about constantine it's too in my view it's just too easy to yeah. blame everything on constantine and i've done it because yeah. it's that easy i could mm. do it mm. so you know it was i found it very easy to do mm. um actually if you look at historically there were more christians in the east Mm. in in sort of the subsequent three centuries mm. and and by east i mean you know central asia going over towards even into china mm. there was a huge church in that area um and so it, even then even post constantine there was a huge eastern kind of representation was that eastern church still quite a persecuting church like the western church was or were they more loving towards in their missionary approach I don't know. I genuinely, I'm asking the question. Did you say a persecuting church or a persecuting? Yes, were they a persecuting church? Because the Western church with the Crusades and the, you know, we're not we're not just bringing our culture to you. We're bringing God to you and our religion to you. And it's the only true religion. And, you know, there was a kind of a mindset that's intermission that you don't just absorb yeah. the gospel of Jesus. You absorb all our culture and, and all that that stands for. Well, the Crusades were much later. Yes, we're talking, I, know. I know. You know, we're talking 600 AD, uh, 700 yeah. around that time. Um, actually, what happened was you have um, the Council of Chalcedon, which um, sort of made some of the ways they viewed Jesus heretical and sort of mm. really sort of pushed them out of the faith. And that was the big in my view, the, the big tragedy, actually okay. way beyond right. Constantine. It okay. was that because it you it, it kind of turned all the Nestorians and all the people over mm. in in uh, Persia and uh, as it was then and beyond, um, it, it sort of ostracised them. So um, I think it's complicated. All I'm saying is that I, I, I think one of the things we can do is rediscover the early roots and rediscover what it was like mm. and particularly you know, acknowledge the Jewish roots mm. of our faith yeah. and 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 celebrate those and um, and try and strip away some of the Western accretions. But, you know, you're right, it's, it's become bound up with Western capitalist culture um, particularly. But we should we should recognise the church is a global church. It's not just in Europe. In fact, it's, str it's much stronger elsewhere in the world. Sure. I, I mean, I sort of I don't know enough about the Eastern Church, either historically or particularly now to know whether it made similar mistakes to the Church of the West. But what I do think about Jesus, for what it's worth now, is that I, I don't think Jesus was just critiquing or, or he may have just been critiquing Judaism at the time and sort of bringing us all back to the heart or, or back to the heart of God, if you like. Um, I, th I, I, I personally think Jesus would critique all religions and all of humanity. And, uh, and, you know, Jesus speaks to our ego selves and our true selves. And he speaks to very human conditions that are true, whether you're a Christian or a Muslim or whatever, and, or, or, or an atheist. And, and Jesus addresses power and you know, the way power operates, like you were talking about, the power of patience, the power of forgiveness. You know, that's not a, a Christian issue. That is a global uh, human issue. So I think you can you can even buy into Jesus without buying into religion. Because well, that's I think how that... wise and brilliant Jesus is. Yeah, well, I think that's that's 
true. I mean, Jesus was not put to death by a religious power, but by a military mm. power. Mm. I mean, they had their own faith as well. They had their own religion as well. But but I don't think he critiqued religions as such. I think he always critiqued power mm. and, and um, the idolatry of power mm. and the abuse of power and yeah. the way that religious leaders put burdens on people that are insupportable mm. you know um so i think that was that's really key um we ought to talk about though the main point of the email which is what what about people who've never heard and yeah and um, you know yeah what's the role of jesus there and i suppose for for me it all comes down to believing that god is loving and god is fair he is just mm. and if that's the case then I think everybody must have a chance to encounter Jesus at some point. Yeah. It cannot be fair or just that somebody who has never heard yeah, the gospel exactly. yeah. is is condemned to yeah. you know hell <laughs> yeah. for not being a follower of the gospel. It's a bit unfair, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think anyone who thinks rationally must must come to that conclusion I would have said. Behind that is the belief that I still hold to which is that jesus is not just another sage mm. not just another wise man but uh, god the creative power of the universe and and that's that's very different um you know that that would be my my point on that but i i think that everybody can respond in some way to the divine around them yeah and i would agree something similar to that really uh, but but not quite as you've put it i would believe that jesus reveals the christ the universal cosmic Christ, the power of all of the universe, and that Jesus perfectly does that. And I don't want to get into those heresies about separating his humanity. I think Jesus demonstrates what it means to be fully human. And Richard Raw says it better than I did on the little thing I put up on our Facebook page. If you've got Facebook, do go and check that out. But, you know, part of what it means to be human, here's the, here's the big one, is we're divine. So... I think that's another big message of the incarnation. We should talk about this more on our Christmas special in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I come down to. I think that actually it's it's a thing of natural justice mm. to give everybody a chance to respond to, yes, to, exactly. to Jesus. Yeah, that yeah, has absolutely. to be the case. Um, and at the same time, there's also a kind of natural justice in the way that we should behave. I think most of us feel that. And, mm. and you know, I don't think that's an excuse necessarily for doing horrible things to other people is just because you didn't know any different i'm not sure about that myself no. most cultures have a set of rules that do say something slightly different you know mm. but um not yeah. all of them but yeah. most of them well um listen i'm gonna lead us on is that all right and yeah, if you've got anything else to say about that no i view you very much as a leader uh, <laughs> i will I, I will follow thank you if we could just sit a bit more submissively under my authority. thank you i'd appreciate that's better I... thank you is that is this good yeah that's how, better how about that yeah, how about that that's very helpful not unlike the blessing you gave <laughs> bp pretty and identical. shell identical <laughs> pretty identical to the bp blessing as we now call it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it, it just feels completely right to me to finish with a prayer um, for all those suffering um, post-earthquakes in uh, Turkey and Syria. But I, I just realised before I do this, I, I perhaps need to say why I, as someone who does not believe in an interventionist God, why would you pray? 
I, I think would be a reasonable question for someone to ask me, actually. So if you are thinking that, I just thought I'd say, uh, as we said before, I think I think the roots of religion means religament, reconnect. And right now, I want to connect with my brothers and sisters in Turkey and Syria, uh, those with faith different to mine, those with the same faith and those with no faith whatsoever, because whatsoever, because they are my brothers and sisters in humanity. And I still think that prayer is a way of connecting me to them. So sometimes I'll use language and, you know, for the divine and it might be masculine, it might be feminine. I, you know, I don't think she minds how we address her. But but you, you, you the form of words is perhaps not as important as as the heart that is saying those words. So, you know, I'm I'm going to say a prayer. I think it starts with Lord. You know, I've got question marks about Lord, to be honest. But that doesn't matter at this time. What really matters is there's suffering going on from our brothers and sisters. And what we need to do is connect. And what I think prayer always does is it changes me and, you know, us together as a community. And maybe we can make the world a better place when we when we connect more with one another. So that's why that, that's a very rambling intro to a prayer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think. I, you know, we've talked a lot about interventionist God and, and mm. all that. I probably believe uh, more than more than you in that. Mm. I certainly believe in interventionist humans. Yes, me too. And so I think that there's stuff you can do. I very rarely, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, but um, the organisation I do some work for, Open Doors, we've got a, a fund opened. We're supporting um, the church to reach out in that area who are doing right. amazing work looking after people so of uh, all faiths i should say um brilliant so you know you can go there but i'm not going to put a link but you you know you there's stuff that people can do as well absolutely c- exactly right i'm sure we will reflect uh more on it but um you know it's a heavy time and uh, i think we just need to pray at this point yeah so uh before we adopt prayer positions and uh mm-hmm. Joe leads us in prayer. Uh, I think we. I think we're going to end with this. So let's say thank you very much for listening again. Thank you uh, as ever. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast. Thank you to everyone who writes in. Um, thank you to everyone who recommends it to somebody else. Thank you to everyone who's left a favourable review. That's very nice of you as well. So uh, yeah, we hope to be with you. Well, I don't know if we will be with you next week because <laughs> I may not be here. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm not really, mate. It's heavy. it's bad. It's bad. I think um, <laughs> I think the likelihood is I won't really be in a position to podcast next week. So we might there might be a, a fortnight's gap yeah. now. But um, anyway, uh, yes, let's remember uh, that our fellow brothers and sisters around the world who have uh, far greater problems than um, the house moving situation in the UK. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So this is from uh, a Jesuit uh, website. I'm so grateful for JesuitResource.org. And they say this. So here's a prayer. Lord, at times such as this, when we realise that the ground beneath our feet is not as solid as we had imagined, we plead for your mercy. As the things we have built crumble about us, we know too well how small we truly are on this ever-changing, ever-moving, fragile planet we call home. Yet you have promised never to forget us. Do not forget us now. Today, so many people are afraid. 
They wait in fear of the next tremor. They hear the cries of the injured amid the rubble. They roam the streets in shock at what they see. And they fill the dusty air with wails of grief and the names of missing dead. Comfort them, Lord, in this disaster. Be their rock when the earth refuses to stand still and shelter them under your wings when homes no longer exist. Embrace in your arms those who died so suddenly that day. Console the hearts of those who mourn and ease the pain of bodies on the brink of death. Pierce to our hearts with compassion, we who watch from afar as the poorest on this side of the earth find only misery upon misery. Move us to act swiftly this day, to give generously every day, to work for justice always and to pray unceasingly for those without hope. And once the shaking has ceased, the images of destruction have stopped filling the news and our thoughts return to life's daily rumblings. Let us not forget that we are all your children and they are brothers and sisters. We are all work of your hands. For though the mountains leave their place and the hills be tossed to the ground, your love shall never leave us and your promise of peace will never be shaken. O oh, help us, in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Blessed be the name of the Lord, now and forever. Amen.